0: Welcome to the Success with God and Psych podcast, where it's all about a purpose-driven life where God and psychology mix together and guide your way. And now, your host who's funny, informative, and a straight shooter, doing this so you have a better life, Dr. Jessica Kirzner.
1: Hey, hey, hey. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Um, it is cold in Kansas. We have light snow today, but I am happy to be talking to you guys. And you know what I like to say? Welcome, welcome, welcome. There's no better day than today for blessings, impact, and purpose. And today, we're going to talk about something thats it has been bothering me a little bit because I have so many people write in to me about what do you do When you're dating someone, and either they don't reciprocate those those affections, or they're hurting you by their behavior, or uh, you just don't feel loved, or you feel hurt, and how do you stay with that person? And that is something that uh, I really want to talk about. And I really want to talk about it because, to me, if you are in a relationship and you're being hurt or... You feel like the person's actions are hurting you, or you have a person who is constantly putting you down, belittling you, and um, you don't feel happy. You don't feel loved. You Sometimes you don't even feel wanted. What do you do in that situation when you're trying to preserve that relationship? What do you do? And should you preserve that relationship? So I want to talk about that today. That's what we're going to talk about when we come back from the break, guys.
0: Meet Fred. Fred once felt stuck in a rut, and he had trouble connecting with other people. Then Fred read the book, Path to Loving Yourself, by Dr. Jessica Kirzner. Fred found the book interesting and exciting. The down-to-earth approach that the book takes helped to increase his self-esteem. Now Fred spends less time feeling bad, and he grew to first love himself. Eventually, he gained the capacity to connect with others. You too can benefit from The Path to Loving Yourself by Dr. Jessica Kershner. Get your copy for only $9.95 from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Books A Million. That's Path to Loving Yourself by Dr. Jessica Kershner. Get up on your signed copy at HealingAxcoach.org.
1: All right, and we're back. So I want to talk about this. So we talk about this from a God and Psych perspective, right? So we say okay, you're in this relationship and you're saying, okay, how do I stay with this person when they're continually hurting me? They're continually um, making me feel unwanted, unloved. And so I'm going to come from the place of emotional abuse, because if if you are in a physically abusive relationship, I cannot sit here and say that my belief is that you should um, stay in that relationship. If you're in a physically abusive relationship, I think you need to step away. Um, And you need to step away because it is going to call detriment to your safety and also to the abuser because that person is going to end up serving time and you're going to end up in a hospital or dead, right? And so what we want to do is say that place is a, an immediate place of separation. And if you plan to come back together, that person needs to receive some help and and you would need to see, receive some help for healing, right? So I'm not going to talk about physical abuse as if it's a place that – um is up for much discussion um, in my perspective. And the reason why is because if someone is hurting you physically, if someone is hitting you, you need to get help. You know, you need to get out and you need to get help. And if you love that person, that's not a bad thing, right? It's not a bad thing to love someone, but you want that person to love you in the way that you should be loved. And getting hit is not the way. So you would want to step away from that situation, allow a break. And if that person truly receives help, admits they're at fault for their behaviors and you're not at fault. And the commonality between all the abusive types, right? Emotional abuse, physical abuse, even sexual abuse, is that a lot of the time, not even a lot of time, 97% of the time, you either belittle your actions or you take responsibility for your actions and you belittle the reaction to your action, right? The consequences. And they say that, okay, is the other person person's fault there's something you did to d- to deserve it there's something you did to bring it upon yourself there uh, if it's in the case of sexual abuse then you you wanted it just as well um <clears throat> i would not have done this to you had you not you know um i'm i am the best you will get uh if you were better you could find someone better right you're hearing those kind of messages you know and in this company with physical abuse, sexual abuse, get out. You know, someone at that point is hurting you in an extreme fashion that your safety is warranted, right? Your safety needs to be prioritized here. And we want to say first, get some help. Then if you say, okay, that person then can admit they're at fault. And it's not your fault that this all happened. It never was that you could have done enough or you, um, if you hadn't made these mistakes, because there's never that place. You could you could never solve that. Right. You could never be enough. You could never give enough. You could never not make mistakes. People make mistakes all the time. And, and if you do the one thing that they said that was bothering them, you stop doing that. Then the next thing you do is going to be the next the next thing that gets you hit. And so you can't do that. That's a fool's game. Right. So they have to admit fault. They have to say it was because of a hurt place inside of me that I did that. But also, not only just do that, they have to see that it is harming you from their perspective. Not that you say, can't you see this is harming me? They see that it's harming you. Now, I say this with one caveat, because I have seen this with my patients where you'll have someone, they admit fault. They will say, okay, it's because I was beat as a child or because this happened to me that I do it and I just can't stop. And I know I'm hurting you and I'm sorry. Does that mean you stay at that point? No, 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 no. We still don't stay because that person still is hurting you. They have not sought help to change that place. So just because they admit fault and they see their behavior as harmful, still says we we, we're not still done yet. Next, we need to see the change. Next, you need to see that they're actually, they have taken it off the table as acceptable to do to you what was done to them or to do to you the same thing again, that they don't feel is okay to hurt you anymore. And they they do that and that's not a when it comes to physical abuse sexual abuse is not a we can go back there there's not a okay, well, I'll give them chances because they're really trying no in this case it's a all or none abstinence is the way we go there you cannot hit me again that's not gonna happen you cannot um uh you cannot rape me again you cannot do these things you know that that cannot happen and yes, people say okay, sexual abuse doesn't happen in relationships it does it does happen all the time whereas someone, um attacks you without your permission and you're in a relationship and you're married and um it becomes a gray area for some people who are in that relationship of is was this actually a true violation or not and so those two caveats those two areas please walk away, get you some help. Um, and I'm going to list a few places at the end of the podcast that you can call to get you some help immediately. But so we're going to talk about emotional abuse because this is the one that most people, when they call in, this is the one I'm always um, hearing about. It's always that that person is pointing out another's faults and others mistakes. They're pointing out everything you do wrong, everything about you that that is your insecurities. And they often use your insecurities against you, right? Um, And they do this to make themselves feel better. So as they push you down, they feel better. As they're more negative to you, they feel better. And that's what we're going to talk about when we come back after the break, guys. Are you having trouble making a decision does it feel really difficult because it feels like everything is on the line or everything is dependent on what you decide? Edwin Markham said, choices are the hinges of destiny. What can you do when you have these decisions? Make a decision tree. One, write the goal down and why that goal is important. Two, write the time frame that you have given yourself to reach that goal. Then three, write the possible choices and list the pros and cons of each choice. Next, circle the pros that are directly related to the reason the goal is important to you and tally them up. Then meditate and pray. Center yourself. Don't be rash. Finally, pick a decision and call a trusted mentor to see how it sounds aloud and get feedback. Do these things and you will know the best decision for you and your goals. Choose it. This has been Helanac Dr. K's Focus Me Minute with Dr. Jessica Kersner. Get more info at Helanac Dr. K at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right. And we're back. Um, so we talked a little bit about what emotional abuse is, and oftentimes people who like you think, okay, there must be something about me that I always um, attract these type of people, or you feel like you're a target. And reality is, people who love people who who truly are are like they love people. Like God wanted us to love people. You are you have a big heart. You know you can see people's faults, but you still love them. You're like not quick to judge. Those are often the people who. Are uh, victims of emotional abuse? And the reason why is because those people look for that type of person because they know um who they can push away. And it's not that they feel like you're deserving of. It's just that they know that you will love them. they They know that other some other people will say, okay, i'm not I'm not doing this or i'm not I'm not taking it. And they're like, this person will love me. This person, won't walk away from me. They will still love me um, because they have a big heart. And so they see how much you can care. They see how much how how great you are. And that is the very thing that makes them so insecure. And so that insecurity then makes them feel like they don't deserve you. They don't um they can never keep you. They can never um they can never make you happy enough. And then that makes them feel even more insecure. And so when they feel that way, then they need to put you down and they need to talk down to you and they need to um, push you down. So then they feel better. And when they feel better about themselves and they're like, okay, you'll stay with me because you know, you think I'm better than you, or, you know, I have you in this position of power. I have you in this position of control. And so you won't leave me. So they know you're this great person. They think you're this great person they've tried it on people who weren't to them as great but then after a while they learn that i need someone who's just so who has so much love to give and but it also makes them feel so insecure that they're with you and that they cannot keep you they cannot they, they, they know they sh- they don't deserve you is what they feel. I don't deserve this person. This person is better. They're so good. And they have to find your faults then. They have to find what is wrong with you, what makes you horrible. To, and then try to use those things to make you feel bad about yourself so that they feel better. And they feel like you think they're good because they have now told you how not good you are. Um, and they use those things all the time against you. And so that's emotional abuse. That's it in a nutshell. Um the Bible doesn't use words such as just emotional abuse. So we came from that from a pure psychology perspective. But I wanted to talk about, you know, because some people say, "Okay, well, okay, but God says love them and God says forgive." So with the Bible, does that mean that I should stay in this type of relationship because when you have people when they contact me, they're saying, "Okay, how do I get this person to be different? How do I get them to, how do I how do I change myself?" How do I love this person enough, or how do I make this relationship better, or how do I get worthy for this person? And that part is not the area to go in. You you are the best version of yourself, right? And that doesn't mean you don't have faults, but you are a, the great a great version of yourself. This person has something broken within them, and you cannot change people. So I wanted to really talk about from a biblical perspective, right? Where are we at there? Because Forgiveness does not mean that you allow that person to still do that to you. You forgive them. And in forgiving them, you release the power it has over you and them, right? You don't want it to to prevent you from having more healthy relationships, prevent you from uh, marrying a person who you should or having a person that won't hurt you and love you unconditionally that God wants for you. But it does say that, you know. hey, what does the Bible say about this relationship and what do we have? So I said, okay, let me let me seek this and see can I find an ish, a a couple in the Bible or someplace in the Bible where we would see um, emotional abuse. And the closest I got to it was N- Nabal and Abigail, and that's in First Samuel chapter twenty-five. And Nabal was described as surly and mean. He was descri- described as surly and mean by everyone, so it wasn't just that you know he was. Uh, um, Surly and mean with his wife or with his his partner. And then, you know, you go out into the community and he was like nice and respectful. That's how we see it a lot more common now is where you don't really see someone who's just mean and surly all the way around to everyone because then everyone would know. And they honestly couldn't get anybody to date them that way, right? No. Usually what happens is they're, they're nice and they date you and they woo you. And then you see the mean and surliness, right? Um, but Nabal was classified as surly and mean, which means if we know you were mean like that to everyone, then you were mean and surly to your wife. And so uh, we have a situation in 1 Samuel 25 where uh, Nabal's men are out in the fields and um, they're, they're herding sheep and um, and David's men are out there with him. And at this time, David's men protect them. David's men uh, don't try to steal from them. They don't take their stuff, you know, and that was a huge thing during this time. And so at the end of the time, David sent his people to greet Nabal and say, hey, you know, we have uh, looked out for your people. Can you take care of us and send, give us anything, just anything. Um, Right. And this is my short condensed version, right? This is the Cliff Notes version of 1 Samuel 25. So then uh Nabal starts to hurl hurl insults at him. He's like, I don't know you people, and I don't know where you came from. And people are leaving their masters all the time now, you know. And why should I give you anything? So it did not matter. He hurls and he hurls insults at them. So then um the, David's people go back and tell David about this. And David says, gather your swords. You know, he gets his sword and they're like, oh man, you know, we're going to have to go avenge this. We're going to have to go, um, this cannot stand. But at the same time, Abigail, who was Nabal's wife, one of the servants came and said, hey, this just happened. I want you to know. And they told her all about what happened. Well, immediately, um, Abigail gathered a bunch of things to give uh, to David and his people. And she saddled up. Went to go meet David. And when she met him, she said, Look, my husband, she basically said he is like his name. He is foolish. You know, he he does does not understand what he does. And she talks to David and um she gives him a word. And then she basically says, Here, take these things from us. I was not there when your person came. I am, I apologize. You know, the Lord will bless you, the Lord's going to take care of things. And then David said, you have stopped, like by you doing this, uh, you have stopped me from going to kill Nabal and any of his sons, any of the people close to Nabal, right? And so Abigail goes back and Nabal is drunk and uh, feasting on, so he basically got this whole buffet of food feasting and he's drunk. So at this point, he's wasting all the things So any of these things he could have given David. he's He took it in. He just said, you know what? He's going to end up throwing half of it away because he can't eat it all, right? But he has this basically a buffet and he's drunk on wine and she tells him nothing. She told him nothing when she left and she told him nothing when she got back. But the next morning she tells him and um, he gets quiet, goes like a stone and in 10 days he dies. And then David hears that Nabal dies and said, okay, the Lord has dealt with with Nabal and he has avenged us. But then David Sends for Abigail so then he can then marry her because he respected what she did and thought it was admirable what she did and that of the wisdom and he wanted that and so he sent for Abigail and he married Abigail and so the reason why I use this one is because when you look at the way Abigail had to operate with Nabal that's that's the important part so Nabal was surly and mean and so when Abigail knew that Nabal had caused something that um, could infringe on their whole family, she did not say anything to him. Now, why would she not say anything to her husband? Well, let me not convince you. You know, women at that time were not even as talkative or argumentative as we are now, right? And so (laughs) she said, I'm not going to say anything to him. I'm not going to go to him and plead with him to do anything. I'm not going to even, why? Because he was mean and surly. Was there any place that she could have negotiated with him? No. Why? Because this person, a person that is in that situation is not trying to hear what you have to say. The only thing that is right with him is in his own mind. He is right. And what he says goes, right? And so she didn't try to talk to him. Could she have? Yes. Um, In that time, should she have? Yes. Even now, I would say in a marriage, you should. And do you think she was a disrespectful wife? No. Do you think she was not submissive? No. But she was wise in that. Do I let us all die? And he continued to do the same thing? No, that's not smart either, right? Um. So she didn't say anything to him, not when she was leaving. But also look at the other key. The servants came to her and said, hey, this just happened. And this is going to be very bad for us. Because these people protected us. These people didn't steal from us. These people protected us. We we operated beside them and herded sheep without any issue or any concern. And they came to him and he hurled insults at them. He was he, This was unfair. And they're saying, we looked at this. We saw this as not being fair. Like, you have to do something or this is going to be bad for us. Because David was no, no one to play with. And so, Abigail should have gone to him, but she did it. She didn't say, let me talk to him. She said, gather up these things and let me go take care of it. Let me handle it myself. And so when you're in a relationship with this person, you know, a lot of the decisions you guys can't even make together. You can't talk with each other. You can't come to an agreement together with each other. There is never a place where your voice is even heard. So, that was the illustration there because Abigail couldn't even go to him. She couldn't go say, let me say this to you. Let me talk to you. Let me reason with you. You know, husband, father of my kids, you know, head of my family, uh, you know, the head of our marriage. Let's talk about this and be reasonable. No. Why? Because he was mean and surly. So when you're in a situation where someone um, is emotionally abusive, your voice is not heard. You know, they're, and if you do speak, they still they use what you say to use it against you. And Abigail already knew that. And so it was like, that's a fool's game. Let's go ahead, because time is of the essence. And so that's part one of that. We're going to finish part two of that when we come back. Meet Fred.
0: Fred once felt stuck in a rut and he had trouble connecting with other people. Then Fred read the book Path to Loving Yourself by Dr. Jessica Kurzner. Fred found the book interesting and exciting. The down-to-earth approach that the book takes helped to increase his self-esteem. Now, Fred spends less time feeling bad, and he grew to first love himself. Eventually, he gained the capacity to connect with others. You too can benefit from the path to loving yourself by Dr. Jessica Kirshner. Get your copy for only $9.95 from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Books-A-Million. That's Path to Loving Yourself by Dr. Jessica Kirchner. Get up on your signed copy at HealingActsCoach.org. All
1: right, so we're back. So let's continue to talk, guys. And so we talk about being mean and surly. You know, so when someone is emotionally abusive, right, you kind of feel like you're walking around on eggshells, that they're angry all the time, or it doesn't take much to make them angry. And when they're not angry, you're like, oh, let me not do anything to to uh, make them be upset because that's what you feel like you're doing. Let me not do anything to tip the scales. Let me tiptoe around this person, right? And the thing is, there's nothing, you still end up going to make them mad. You're going to make them mad because then you don't do what you normally do. It's it's a fool's game, right? But let's talk about angry because that person is just inwardly angry regardless, right? And so Matthew 5.22 says, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, rakah is answerable to the court. And anyone who says you fool will be in danger of fire of hell. And so when they say, again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raqqa, Raqqa is Aramaic term for worthless, um or you fool, right? So if someone says that, they're saying you're worthless, right? And when someone's emotionally abusive, they're often saying, What are the other things they say when they're trying to say you're worthless? So if they don't say worthless right out, then they say things like you will never find anyone like me. You're lucky to be with me. Um, you wouldn't be with anybody as good as me, unless, or if I didn't find you, who would be with you? You know, who are you gonna get after this? Or um you know, um, I'm the best thing that's ever going to happen to you. Those are still similar ways to say the same thing. And those messages after a while sink in, right? Because the Bible says there's life and death in the tongue. And so as long as you hear it, as long as you take those messages in through your ears, it has power and it becomes a part of you, right? And you're like, okay, I know I'm better than this. Why am I sticking around? And it's because you saw the potential in that person, right? You're like, I can see their heart. I can see who they are underneath all those things you are dealing with, right? But should you? Should you say that you're you're going to stay with that person because you can see the potential? Well, I always tell my patients, the potential is not what you're dealing with right now, and mothers help birth potential, right? We say, okay, we see you know, the potential in our children and we try to help nurture that and, and move that. But you're not mothering your spouse, right? I'm not mothering this person. And because you're not mothering them, they don't defer to you as one. They're not looking for you to nurture that. They're not looking for you to guide. Um, and so you're not going to, you're not a part of the catalyst of change in that situation. So you're not going to do it and you cannot change anyone else. Right. Um, so in this case, this person, the Bible is saying, if someone is doing these things to you, it is not good. So the Bible does speak on emotional abuse to say that if someone is saying harmful things to you, okay, then, then that is bad, right? Then they will seek judgment. They will have to deal with the judgment of God. And if you have to do that, then does that mean that you should stay? Does that mean you should leave? And I think it's a little complicated answer because your physical safety is not necessarily in jeopardy, but your emotional your emotional health is. And the things that come from emotional abuse, you have anxiety, you have depression, you have PTSD. Um, so you have all these things that we give medication for, that we say, okay, let's seek healing for, because those messages become internal messages. So you're here giving this guy or this person love because women can be emotionally abusive too. So you're giving this, your, your spouse love, you're giving them unconditional positive regard, you're telling them positive things about themselves. You're like, if I can just make them happy, if I could do all the things they need, and you're trying to be the best version of yourself for them. And the more you do that, the more they tear you down, the more is not good enough, the more they say those negative things to you. Then I'm in the place of saying at this point, should you stay with that person? Now, if you're married, it's time to say, okay, maybe you should seek marriage counseling. And a marriage counselor should say that that person then needs to seek individual counseling while you're doing your marriage counseling for that piece, because that piece comes from an internal place. And we can't change that in a diadetic situation. So in a two person situation, we can't change that. They need to work on that on their own. And the demons they have to deal with to deal with that often will not come out in that marriage counseling because of just ego. And so they need to do that individual piece. And then. You do the family therapy or they could do it at the same time as you're doing marriage counseling. But the point is, you need help. This is not a place that you're going to inspire this person to change. This person needs to either find God, right? And then do the things we talked about before. Admit's fault. See that how and what they say to you is harmful. And then change it. And take it off the board. So, But change requires that you take it off the board as an option. It is no longer an option for me to say that I'm going to hurt you in this manner. And as long as that person thinks it is, they're going to keep doing it. So when you sit and you write me and you say, hey, how do I stay in this relationship? Oftentimes what I'm telling people is, uh, what are the harmful things they're doing? What are the negative things they're doing? And they're saying, well, how can I be good enough? Honey, you're already good enough. You're already good. Is that you have to then say, do I love myself more than I love this person enough to be hurt daily, enough to damage, uh, to worry about my emotional health being damaged, and my stability of just myself and my environment and my fear for my safety at all times being on the board? Is it worth just being with that person for that? in this state. So it's, you may need to separate for a while, or you may need to go to counseling. But at this point, emotional abuse, once it builds up enough, it can lead to physical abuse. And so at this point you say, okay, we need to do something to change it. And the when you tell someone that they're hurting you and that this is not okay, that's the first place you got to start is you're hurting me. This is not okay. And these are, this is the way you're doing it. Nine times out of 10, that person at that point will feel threatened that you're going to leave. And they might say, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's not like that. But what will happen is if you keep pushing it, like then they're going to get negative and say, well, I wouldn't have done it had you not done this. So if you just say it and you accept the initial apology, but you don't seek to see are they really meaning it, then what will happen is you're going to say, okay, they said it. They said they're going to change. They said they're going to do this. Then tomorrow is the same thing or an hour later is the same thing because there is nothing you can do to stop it. You cannot change them. You cannot. It's not you. You're not the cause. And so that's why I often end up saying that you are not the cause. And I want you to love yourself enough that you don't say me loving this person is worth my health, my safety, my happiness, my love for me, because then what do you have to give? Once you're torn down, once you're hurt, inevitably, the relationship is going to end anyway because that person is then going to say you're not what I want anymore because that all the qualities they loved about you, they tore out and you allowed it. Right. You allowed it trying to love this person because you saw their potential and then they leave. And so the inevitable will happen anyway. It just all takes time. Right. And so I wanted to leave you guys with. some hotlines that you can call if you're in that situation. So if you're in a domestic violence situation, the National Domestic Violence Hotline is awesome. And their number is 1-800-799-SAFE, which is 7233. You can call them 24-7 um, and uh, they can help you get safe. They can help you get the resources in your area. They also can do it where you don't have to worry about um, if you have to use kids and relocate, they can make sure you can get out safely and help you get out safely. And that's if you're in a situation for your safety immediately for physical abuse, you know, sexual abuse. If you have emotional abuse, then you can text the crisis text line for emotional abuse at 741-741. They also have crisistextline.org and you can go there and just push a button and tap it too and send a text message and you'll be online with a counselor immediately. And so guys reach out for help in either one of the cases, whether it's detrimental to yours, your safety, or is it emotional abuse, which to me, I think will eventually get there anyway, but reach out, try to get some help. Um, and Don't forget, next Tuesday, we'll be back here. Reach out at Helamax, Dr. K, at Instagram, Facebook, and also on the website. Um, The Mirror Me Conference, guys, the promo drops next week. I'm really excited for you to see it. Um, It's it's pretty exciting. It's pretty energetic. It makes me, I'm ready to go. Ready to go for it. Ready to go for it. Um, But... Everything's coming together for the conference. Uh, Remember it's October 17th through the 19th uh, and it's going to be great. And so I'm really excited about it. Really excited for you to see the promo. I'm ready to hear advice, feedback on it. And um, so I will talk to you soon. Have a good day.